the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for being with us here on the Wednesday edition. We are underway with The Ride Home. Kathy, it's uh, good to see you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything new and exciting in it's your corner of the world? It's a gorgeous day in Pittsburgh. Spectacular day. Warm. Lovely. Uh, it doesn't feel warm to me. Uh, I'm in my room... My spare room with my booties on and a sweater up to my neck, as you can see. It's 74. It does. I don't, there's something. I was thinking about this today. Maybe my house, like, you know. What? It's in a different dimension. <laughs> it's, maybe this room, maybe the room that I've been living in for the past six months, uh-huh. that's how I should, I should put it, is not getting the proper angle of the sunlight. Therefore, I'm cold. Okay. That's all. That's all what right. I'm saying. The only thing I... I hesitate to bring up is what it might be like in january like (laughs) (laughs) well january i'll have the furnace on but i don't need the furnace on today and it's still very cold in my house i'm just cold okay if you're cold that's why you have a furnace it's 72 degrees but you were wearing booties and a sweater but I'm not going to turn the, the furnace on if it's right. 72. I'll just wear the sweaters and the booties. You know what? I'm not having this argument with you. All right. That's what it is. Uh-huh. Okay. So let's move forward to tell us, Kath, about the top four at four. John, after a 16-month investigation into the business practices of Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook... Democratic House Judiciary Antitrust Subcommittee staffers released a report recommending comprehensive changes to antitrust laws Mm. to curb the alleged monopoly power of big tech. Uh Uh-oh. And I say yes and move it on up. We're going to break up Facebook. Did I start the top four before the music? No. I had a hard time hearing it. Just low. Okay, good. All right. Can I move on to number two? Please. Bad news, John. For those of us still hoping the O would be rescued, no deal. By next spring or summer, the original hot dog shop in Oakland will become Capriotti's Sandwich Shop and two levels of Viva Los Tacos. Okay. Well, that's better than what I thought. I thought it might be either a bank or a cell phone store. So I'll take take the taco place any day. All right. right. I like your attitude. Number three. Two-time Stanley Cup winning goaltender Matt Murray Mm. is now an Ottawa Senator. Traded by the Pens today for Jonathan Gruden, not John Gruden of the uh, Raiders. No, Jonathan Gruden and a second-round draft pick, which they later used to select Finnish goalie Joel Blunkfest. He looks like he's 12. He looks so Mm. young. It looks like he's doing, like, school from home. Do you think the Pens brass regrets trading Marc-Andre Fleury? No. You don't? No. Okay. Because at that moment, I think probably Matt Murray was the better goaltender. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm sorry to see him go. I mean, it's hard Thanks to like, change, like oh, look, that's a he rough... won the Stanley Cup twice. I mean, you know, it's a rough right? job. It's it is a rough, rough job. job. All right, number four, and tonight, Vice President Mike Pence will square off against Ooh. Kamala Harris in a 90-minute debate made all the more important by the president's recent COVID diagnosis and, of course, Joe Biden's age. And that's it today for your top four at four. Very nice. Apparently, uh, plexiglass screens are in place mm-hmm. for the participants now, this that... evening. Is that uh, BYOPS? Uh, I don't think it is. I'm sure okay. they have to be, you know, sort of um, sanctioned by the what is it the League of Women Voters who are producing this? I don't know. But did you is see it, the Lindsey Graham debate that he did last week with his? I don't. I forget who's running against him. That man brought his own. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wondered if maybe he was setting the stage and that we should all bring our own. Right. Should all bring our own. I don't know. BYOPS. Bring your own plexiglass. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, how about this? We talked about this, uh, I think, late last week. This uh, T-Rex skeleton. Remember this right. conversation? So it, was up for, it was up for auction. Yeah, at Christie's, <laughs> of all places. Who's going to be buying a T-Rex skeleton? But go on. A nearly intact T-Rex skeleton. Probably one of the best examples ever seen on the face of the earth. Was sold at Christie's in a virtual sale. The estimated price before the auction uh, that it would sell for it was $8 million. The T-Rex sold to an unknown buyer after a 20-minute phone barrage for a record-breaking $31.8 million. Whoa! $31.8 million. And it's they are saying they will not disclose the winner of the auction, so we don't know where T-Rex is going. If it ends up at Mar-a-Lago, I'm telling you. Oh, no, no. <laughs> the skeleton, which stands 13 feet high, 40 feet long, um is in okay, excellent if shape it's a, okay if, if it's a it, if it was a museum we would know right they would say you know it's acquired by such and such whatever it's probably going to china or you know some yeah that's what i was or it's going to abu dhabi right some wealthy person who's right. got room mm-hmm. for a dinosaur in their abode do you know um it, when it had meat and bones the t-rex was estimated to weigh sixteen thousand pounds isn't that cool don't you love dinosaurs? Oh, I sure do. Don't you yeah. love? Okay. Do you have a favorite? I think my favorite would be T-Rex. Yeah. I mean, it's a conventional choice. John. No, it doesn't matter. If I'd go no. with that. Conventional. It's conventional for a reason because it's fascinating, isn't okay. it? Okay. Mike, you have a favorite dinosaur? I would say the Velociraptor. <laughs> of course. Velociraptor. Because you know what? Because those are scary little critters. They, they are scary. packs. They're right. team players. They get the mm-hmm. job done. They have yeah. that yappy sound. Chris, How do you know what's saying, up? I don't. I don't really you know. Don't know. I saw Jurassic Park. Right. Do you have one? What's your yes, favorite? I sure do. Tell I me. always go with the Stegosaurus. Stegosaurus. You know why? Because it's prepared. It's got the plates. Right. It's ready to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't? When you when our kids were little, they were like. Were your kids obsessed? Not as much as I was when I was a kid. Okay, I was yeah. really seriously yeah. into it. Our kids were so obsessed. Mike, you're you're about that age where Dr. J is about to enter into the dinosaur world, isn't he? He he has a, a, a pop-up book of dinosaurs. I got him some uh, dinosaur uh, toys. He's not that interested. Oh. He is... He's obsessed with trains. He's on a train kick. And I don't know. Okay, trains are good. We like trains. We're fine. No, you can't diminish that. There's time for the dinosaur. Just as you just push the stegosaurus because that's, you know, a a number one. Very nice. Okay, that is uh, the opening of this edition of the ride home. Uh, Kath, what's up next? Well, you want to know who's in the on deck circle? Hmm. Have you been watching baseball? 
Uh, mildly. I keep, I keep forgetting it's on. I just, I really don't have a whole lot of interest in sports okay. right now. I really don't. All right. But in the on deck circle today on our show, Dr. Mm-hmm. Christy Jeske from uh, Wheaton University, we're going to talk about unemployment, the issues people are facing, and how can those of us who are employed help other people to find hope? That's next. It is the Wednesday edition, and it is so nice and sunny and warm in the fall. I love it. Right out. Put your booties on. WORD. How do you know who to trust? It's a great question when so-called Bible teachers are really all over the map in their instruction. Why don't you get on the Bible bus this week? As Dr. J. Vernon McGee tells us, the people of the first century experienced the same problem. And Jude wrote his letter to help the young church know who to believe. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. I did something weird the other day. I added some extra cream to my fufu iced coffee, but I didn't have a stir stick. So without thinking, I grabbed my car key and used the key to stir in the cream, creating the perfect mix. Unfortunately, my wife was watching the whole thing with a what is wrong with you look. Hey, it's Ryan. And the reality is, I believe our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is the perfect mix as well. We're a smaller team, only a couple dozen people, and many of us are family. And that small helps us to be carefully committed and know every Word FM listener that calls. But our small team is also lucky to be connected to a bigger company that is a direct lender. Meaning, our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. An advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate and save you money. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd have to pay before closing. Nice! United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. What kind of burdens did you have to carry when you were a kid? Were you ever hungry? Ever cold? Ever afraid of being abused by the ones you love, or being abandoned, or left alone? How much can you bear when you're just a child? Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6.2 Right now, there's a child or teen who is struggling with burdens too big for anyone to carry alone. But as a Christian foster parent, you can share those burdens, and more importantly, begin to lay them down at the foot of the cross. As a Christian foster parent, your example can make an eternal difference in the life of a child or teen. To learn how you can make a difference as a Christian foster parent, call the Bear Foundation today. Call 412-341-6850. 412-341-6850. On the web at christianfostercare.org. Help at Home, formerly Excel Home Care, is proud to offer benefits to heroes of home care, including Hero Pay and Hero Sign On bonuses. Any caregiver who joins the Help at Home team is eligible for a Hero Pay $500 sign on bonus plus ongoing bonus pay. We know it's been a difficult time. Help at Home wants to make sure you get the Hero Pay you deserve. Give us a call today to find out more or go to helpathomepa.com. That's helpathomepa.com. Well, of course, since COVID in March, jobs have taken a a historic downturn. 
I mean, not since the Great Depression and probably even after that, have we seen so many people unemployed. So what about unemployment and how, if you yourself are unemployed, are you doing struggling through this? And if you know somebody, love somebody who's unemployed, how can you be of assistance, of love, of encouragement, of support to those who are unemployed? Dr. Christine Jeske is with us, with us again. Dr. Jeske is professor of cultural anthropology at Wheaton College. She is the author of three books, including the forthcoming The Laziness Myth. Christine, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Good to talk with you. Thank yeah, you. Christine, always good to have you. Now, you've done so much thinking and writing about unemployment, um, and it couldn't have come at a better time or a worse time, depending on how you look at it. Uh, tell us what you're seeing across the U.S. now. Well, uh, yeah, um, there's, uh, you know, we see some bounce back and there uh, we're, we're going to get through this, but uh, it's not going to be a quick process. And I think a lot of people who never considered the option of having their job just suddenly disappear are facing that. So, um, you know, we have people who, who thought their, their job was secure who are facing that question and, uh, of, of what to do about unemployment. Unemployment still, Christine, even in the midst of massive unemployment, still has a stigma about it, doesn't it? Yeah. So this is one of the things that I've um, done research on outside of the United States, especially, uh, is that often we just assume that the people who don't have jobs or who are experiencing some form of poverty have uh, some personal responsibility for that, that they are people who didn't work as hard as the other people who are succeeding financially. And uh, while, of course, there are situations where people are in poverty because uh, they haven't taken the opportunities that were in front of them or there's some kind of sin issue involved, um, it can also be a lot of different things, too. It can be health issues. And it can also just be that the economy is not working in a way that your skills are employable right now. Um, and, and so figuring out ways that we can reduce the stigma around unemployment are an, a really important first step in supporting people who are unemployed. Right. And that's a hard thing in a country like this that prizes the, the uh, Puritan work ethic, even after all these years, as much as we do. I remember the conversations that were happening pre-COVID, Christine, about the tech boom and how so many people were being put out of work because of automation or because of increased technology. And of course, the response is, well, they could just retrain and get other jobs. But exactly what you're yeah. saying is the case, right? You can't just like all of a sudden recreate yourself and get a job in six months. Exactly. And particularly if you get in a position where you're barely able to meet the bills that month, uh, it's not going to give you the time that it takes to get retrained for a new job. I do this activity with my students in one of my classes uh, that I've done twice now. And every year it's completely eye-opening to me and to all the students. And it's basically, I have students just research their surrounding community and they have to look up how much a person would earn in an actual job they could apply for that's around minimum wage. And they have to figure out a budget for what kind of apartment could you rent? Are there apartments you could afford? And they they find the lowest price apartments that they can find. And then they have to look at how much would it cost for a a week of groceries and how much does it cost for um, your utilities and all the kinds of expenses that are just the bare minimum. And then on top of that, uh, we imagine that somebody requires childcare or taking care of a family member. 
And on top of that, I say, okay, now could you go to college and what would it take? And they look up how much time you'd have uh, with your schedule and uh, how much money it would take to pay for the college tuition in addition to the books and things like that. And what we find is we have never found a group that is able to make it. (laughs) Um, And I set up the activity the first year where they add up all these expenses and they add up the time that it's going to take to get to different things. And I had this category of how much will you have? The question was, how much will you have left in savings at the end of the month? And students came to me and said, well, I think there's something wrong. I don't know what I'm doing wrong because I don't have any savings. I'm out of money. (laughs) And (laughs) that's the reality. Yeah, Um, no kidding. So, you know, unless you're able to work multiple jobs and uh well you know assuming that you're you're working at near minimum wage um and and trying to support a family or even sometimes just yourself in a rented apartment of some sort um the reality is it's not easy to just go back to college at some point in your life it takes time um i mean i know i did a phd in my 30s while raising two kids and um i was thankful to have a a husband who is employed and, and kids in the public mm-hmm. school. So I had some time right. for it, but um, we ask a lot of people, I think sometimes in, especially people in poverty, we expect these sort of incredible feats of them that, that no human is really easily capable of without certain kinds of support in their life. And that's right. why we need a whole church to support each other. Okay. So then, so with that, th- those people who are either chronically underemployed or just unemployed, that hopelessness, I believe, right? That day-to-day, week-to-week, yeah. month-to-month of trying to grab for something, uh, working for it, it's still not being able to achieve anything. I mean, uh, you can see why people who are chronically underemployed or unemployed gravitate towards, you know, alcoholism or some form of addiction just to deaden the pain of what it is to be stuck in this quagmire. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I think a lot of us are are facing that right now too, uh, whether it's for financial reasons or other reasons. But um, I think there's a certain compassion that I hope is growing across the church right now as uh, we experience times when it's really hard to hope. Um, I think that uh, historically people who have privilege have sometimes turned to really easy forms of hope. And we, we, we when we say we're hopeful, what we really just mean is uh, we have never had really terrible things happen. And so we assume things will continue to go right. And it's a lot trickier to really um, rely on hope when things are not going badly. And that's where, where Christian faith really comes in. When you hit that point where you say, there's no way I can do this by my own strength and by all rational means, it doesn't look like this is going to go well, but I'm going to trust God anyway, um, even if tomorrow isn't necessarily better than today. Dr. Christine Jeske is with us, professor of cultural anthropology at Wheaton College and the author of three books, including the forthcoming The Laziness Myth. Okay, what about laziness, though? Because it is a real thing, and it doesn't afflict every single person who's unemployed, but it does afflict afflict a lot of people, a lot of Americans. Um, Both of my kids have worked in um, kind of like inner city mission organizations over the years. And one of the things that we have really talked to them about before they went is we hope that they would start to understand that poverty is really complicated. And the thing that's so frustrating about it is when you hear politicians discuss it, it seems like, oh, well, just, you know, just vote the way I want to vote and we're going to fix it. But it's not, it's not like that. Yeah. Yeah. So what about laziness? That's a great question. I like to look at it biblically and um, think about where laziness shows up in the Bible. 
And um, the places that we often think about, in fact, I did this search a couple years ago on uh, Bible Gateway just to look for Bible verses that have laziness in them. And it shows you all the Bible verses with the word lazy, laziness. But interestingly, it does this suggested result. Um, And I don't blame Bible Gateway for this at all. They give you a suggested result. But the suggested result uh, was Proverbs, and it was a proverb that says, Basically, if you're lazy, you will not eat. Um, and I think that's often where our brains go as Christians, is that God says, if we're not, if we're not hardworking, then that will cause poverty. And laziness is bad because, uh, you know, it's sinful and, and we're not honoring what God has given us to do. And this is absolutely true that, like, God has created us to be fruitful and to serve him with our labor, um, that labor was intended to be good. We see people, uh, we see Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall working, essentially. And to work with God is good for us. It's good for creation. It's a, it's a form of worship, in a sense. Um, and so to deny that is not good. We're not meant to just sort of give up on work. But the other thing that I think is really interesting in the Bible is if you also look for verses on laziness, you'll find... Um, in the story of Israel being enslaved in Egypt, Pharaoh turns to the Israelites when they come to him and when Moses says, uh, let us go and worship the Lord and let us be free from slavery. He says, you're lazy. That's why you're asking to leave. Mm. And it's such a clear situation where laziness is used as a, uh, accusation of people who are just plain working in exploitative and terrible working conditions. Um, of course, they're not lazy. They're working as slaves. They're building bricks. And and actually, he then goes on to say, uh, because you're lazy, I'm going to make you work harder. And, uh, you know, that story where he, or the, the next piece of the story where he takes away the straw and says, now you need to work harder and go and pick up the straw yourself. Um, so they're sort of punished because uh, or the, the excuse for their, their punishment and their exploitation is that they're lazy. But we know, obviously, that Israelites were not lazy. And that story, I think, kind of exemplifies what we sometimes do, even as Christians, is instead of pausing and saying, like, what is wrong here? Why is this person not able to find a job? Or why is the job that they're working in so very miserable and not giving them the kind of experience that God created for people to have of like fulfilling work instead of. Well, I think we lost her. Christine's gone and she's about to make a good point. We'll pick pick up with her next month, but boy, that's a good point, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. I mean, I know the proverb, you know, he who does not work does not eat. It's not like that's not a truth. Right. Um, But, but at the same time, there have been people in exploitative positions who probably throughout all of history, John, have looked at people who worked for them and said, stop complaining. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back then to unemployment, right? I mean, we're at record unemployment still in this country. It doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime no. soon as the pandemic and COVID you know, wears on. So uh, we as members of a church, we've got a responsibility, do we not, to care yeah. for those who in this dire moment in history cannot, for whatever reason, care for themselves. So be of service, be of use, and uh, make sure that you walk and you talk in your neighborhood and in your circles to be a, a balm and a blessing to those. Let's take a break, Kath. Um, we come back. 
We're going to talk about what you've been purchasing since COVID started. And are you following the same, I don't know, sign curve that everyone else is? We'll find out next from the right house. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsaroundpittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Visit Century 3 Chevy today and ride away in a new Chevy Silverado as low as $189 per month. Find new roads at Century3Chevy.com. Century 3 Chevrolet, Lebanon Church Road, Pittsburgh. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it. ENK Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too, plus iHeart too. Tune in and on radio.com, 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. It'll be breezy this evening, otherwise clear skies tonight, low 45. Mostly sunny tomorrow, we'll see a high tomorrow of 64. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 43. Sunny to partly cloudy skies Friday, we'll see a high Friday of 72. Friday night, partly cloudy, low 57. Saturday will be warm with times of clouds and sunshine. We'll reach a high Saturday of 74. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. That's obviously a weird time in every possible way. But it's also unusual in that 
There are consumption trends that companies are tracking. So if you're, you know, a big company like Amazon or a, like a Best Buy, or maybe you're a Target or you're Giant Eagle or whatever it is, um, there are people who are setting up data points to determine what the general overall trends are in your area, your city, but then also in your nation and then worldwide. And I was reading about one of these consumption trends in the Wall Street Journal a couple of days ago, and they were focusing particularly on IKEA. Now, John, are you an IKEA fan? I am. I'm a I'm a big fan of IKEA. Do you I, like IKEA? I, I I think it's I think it's unusual and weird, and I always enjoy it when I'm. Yeah, I do. If you were just going to make a visit to IKEA, uh, top two things that you might buy on a whim. Um, I probably would buy a pillow. Ooh. They sell goose down pillows at IKEA for uh-huh. a great price, way way lower, way less than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I would probably end up in that basement section with like, I don't know, some new kind of flatware or Mm -hmm. a candle or a cool vase or dish towels or something. Exactly. That bottom section is my favorite. I love that bottom section. I would buy a house plant. Oh. And probably new drinking glasses. Nice. Right. Because they just have weird and unusual things at Ikea. Have you eaten? I'm sorry. No. Have I eaten in the restaurant? Never. Yeah. Neither have I. Why is that? It seems like every time someone asks me that, they're like, how have you never yeah. eaten there? I'm so okay. relieved that you haven't also. You know why? Because it's like right there when you go in. And I always think, well, I'm not going to eat now before I shop. Maybe I'll catch it later. And then when I walk out the door, I'm going in a different direction. It's right by the ball pit? Yeah. Is it? As soon as you walk in, it's right there to your left. Hmm. Yeah. But I was want like I always want to get a Swedish meatball. I like lingonberries. Yeah, fine. They're my favorite. Anyway, okay, but so anyway, after COVID, they're probably closed anyway, right? The, well, the they Ikea. were closed. They were closed. They had a lot of different closures around the world. With the and... Ikea? No, I'm talking about the Ikea deli or whatever oh, you want to call it. It's not a deli. Whatever. <laughs> Are you going to go up and ask for like Swedish salami? You got any uh, corned beef? <laughs> I don't think that's the way it works. I think it's the food court. No. The, food's the, not a the food restaurant's court. closed. The restaurant's closed. You're not going there. So For, for sure it is? Yeah. All right. Yeah, but the company is open. And so what they've been doing is keeping track of what people have been buying since March of 2020. And so I'm kind of curious as to whether your own personal household spending kind of fits into this same like arrow, forward marching arrow that most people's do. Okay. May I ask you? Please. I'd like to begin with desks. That was the first thing people started buying in March 2020. I have not bought a desk. Uh, the desk that I have at my house, I've converted into my broadcast desk, and it's worked fine. Okay. Office mm-hmm. chair. Um, <laughs> I took an office chair from the studio. <laughs> so the reason John hasn't bought anything is because he's stolen it. <laughs> no, I'm not stolen it. No, we got new I'm office chairs. It. Yeah, no, you're right. We've got new office chairs a while back, and, yeah, right. and someone said, you want this? And I was like, yeah, I'd be happy to. It's sure. come in handy. It's very comfortable. Okay, here's the next phase that mm. that people went through at IKEA. Mm. They stopped buying desks and office chairs, and they started buying cooking equipment. Mm. Pots, pans, sure. spatulas. Yeah. Nice. Flatware, mm-hmm. unit, like cookie sheets. Yeah. Pizza cutters, it. yeah, right. ice cube trays. Yeah, did you buy any of that? No, that's my wife's category. She's not doing that. Really? No. Have you? Yeah. How can- what? Oh, yeah. You bought all kind of kitchen stuff. I didn't buy all kind of kitchen stuff, but I did buy kitchen stuff. Really? Well, because all of a sudden, you're like cooking all the time. I mean, you know how much we went out to eat. Right. So what's the best thing happened? you bought kitchen-wise? Kitchen 
the best thing, I think the best thing I bought is a mandolin. One of those things that slices vegetables and fruit very thinly. A popiel popomatic. <laughs> I don't know what that's that what is. You bought. That's what you bought. It's a popiel popomatic. <laughs> it, 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 it slices, it dices, it makes Cuban fries. Right? That's what it is. Okay. I didn't know. It's, it's, I just Ron put Popeil. mandolin into the Amazon box and mandolin. that's what I bought. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the next, the next phase that consumers went through, um, home reorganization. Oh my gosh. Particularly like shelving and baskets. Oh. Yeah. Boy, I, I could go for some of that myself. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Some home. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We're going to do a segment later on. I want to talk about that. Okay, good. Yeah. Cause that's, so that's a phase that's kind of uh, in the rear view mirror, but you know, you're still in it. So that's okay. All right. So then, yeah, go ahead. I wonder this with home reorganization, I've been going through things lately and throwing things out. I wonder if your local municipality can sort of give you any numbers about the increase in people throwing things away. Mm. Just saying. Well, that's a good question, especially because there was a long time there when Goodwill, Amvets, whatever, were, they were not accepting donations, right? which right. is very frustrating for me. Um, okay. The next phase, mm-hmm. new kitchens. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Listen, here's the deal. If I was going to get a new kitchen, I would not get it from Ikea. You would not. No, mm-hmm. no. That's would because, you? Well, no, probably not. No, no, no. Because no. I find all of the naming of things overwhelming in a space like a kitchen. I, to be honest, I mean, I like walking around Ikea and seeing things, mm-hmm. but the general construction of the, the quality of the merchandise seems not, a little less no, than. I don't think that's true. I, I believe think it's it true. I think you have to judge each product individually. Well, I would not get a new kitchen from Ikea. And right. God bless well, them. I love well, their I, me- want it, I want you to know millions of people have. All right. Well. So perhaps you're talking to people right now who feel insulted by you. I'm sorry. I'm not okay. trying to insult anyone for their choices. Okay. Here's the latest phase from Ikea. Okay. People are in. It's called home beautification. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking curtains, mm-hmm. throw pillows, right? Gardening, uh-huh. floral vases, very nice. That sort of thing, right? Have you purchased anything I, in no, that regard? No, I've not. No beautification. No, no. no have you? At all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I've been gardening like some kind of freak for the no. last six months. No, uh, no. I, well, you know, in the midst of all this, I had shoulder replacement yeah, surgery. That's right. I was doing personal beautification projects. <laughs> Just taking care of my own flesh and blood. I mean, everything else. Hey, the curtains are fine. <laughs> I can't move my arm. Okay, well, that's what I got. Though you didn't follow along with IKEA's consumption trend, I can tell you for sure. I mean, short of the uh, desk office chair, which I didn't buy, and I certainly didn't buy a kitchen. Mm. Everything else, I just fell really, right into though? the sphere that everyone else was in. Huh, interesting. All um, right. Well, it's good to know that we're out there buying things in the midst of the pandemic. I'm going to ask Tramper Longman what kind of home beautification he's been engaged in. Oh, Tramper Longman, he's going to come out with us in a few minutes. A dominion created in the image of God. That's next here on The Ride Home. WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Can you explain to others why you believe in Jesus? They're the same reasons I want to give to you. Many of you who are already sure that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. But to reinforce your faith and to help you to share with others because we live in a shrinking world and many have never heard the gospel that we've heard. Join us for Adrian Rogers' series, Standing for Light and Truth, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 
91.5 WORD. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills. But let's say you've got the skills and I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently. And other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Help at Home, formerly Excel Home Care, is proud to offer benefits to heroes of home care, including Hero Pay and Hero Sign On bonuses. Any caregiver who joins the Help at Home team is eligible for a Hero Pay $500 sign on bonus plus ongoing bonus pay. We know it's been a difficult time. Help at Home wants to make sure you get the Hero Pay you deserve. Give us a call today to find out more or go to helpathomepa.com. That's helpathomepa.com. Tremper Longman is with us again. Dr. Longman is a distinguished scholar and professor emeritus of biblical studies at Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California. His newest and timely book is called The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture in Political Decisions. Tremper, welcome back to the show. How are you today, sir? Hey, great, John. Nice to hear your voice. And you as well. Tremper, when we talk about the word dominion, um, I guess the first thing I think of is the things that dominion shouldn't look like. You know, I just think of, you know, <laughs> humans ravaging the earth and, you know, uh, humans having issues with starvation and unemployment and animal suffering and everything. And so it takes me a while to get through all the horrible things to, to even get to consider what the positive might look like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the biblical teaching on dominion, which starts <laughs> as early as Genesis 1, has been abused through the centuries and and still today. I, I uh, noticed on Facebook uh, some people talking about dominion in some very uh, very dangerous ways. So I think it's really important to get in mind what the Bible actually teaches about uh, the place of human beings in God's creation. 
Yeah. So, Tremper, for people who are unfamiliar with Genesis 1, talk to us about yeah. what happens in Genesis 1 as, as uh, concerns dominion. Sure. Uh, so in Genesis 1, uh, when it talks about the creation of human beings, it says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Uh, so here we have the teaching that uh, human beings are created in the image of God. Now, we know on the surface of it that that's a wonderful thing, but exactly what it means is a little bit more difficult because it's not explained. The original readers would have known exactly what it meant because they know what those terms image and likeness uh, refer to, which is similar to uh, how, say, a statue of a king represents the king himself in his kingdom. In other words, uh, the passage is teaching that we represent God and that we reflect his glory uh, in, the, in a similar way that the uh, moon might reflect the light of the sun. But then it goes on to say, um, you know, that um, human beings, because they're created in the image of God, that they have a certain role or, or uh, commission to fill the earth in the first place, and then to uh, subdue it and rule over it. Now, that term subdue in particular and rule sounds very hierarchical, and, mm-hmm. and there is a hierarchy there, but it's not a hierarchy of power to exploit, but rather we, since we're reflecting who God is, um, our heavenly king, uh, we look to him to what that dominion means. And of course, God is the most benevolent king imaginable who cares and takes care of and sustains all of his creation. And and we're given the task of doing the same. So we're to be benevolent uh, rulers in God's creation, looking out for the interests of other uh, creatures. Um, so... Um, uh, that doesn't mean that we might not benefit from other aspects of God's creation, but we don't flippantly exploit the Earth's resources, say. Indeed, right here we have the basis for a um, uh, Christian uh, idea of cr- taking care of creation, creation care. So, Trevor, as you speak, uh, I'm reminded when I think about, you know, man and his involvement uh, with the earth, I see this, remember this photograph that's very famous of um, buffalo hunters out on the plains, Uh, you know, back in the 1830s or so. And and there's a couple of men standing atop a gigantic pile of buffalo Hmm. bones, which, you know, harkens back to just wholesale slaughter of buffaloes. I mean, that's not dominion. Yeah, that's not dominion. That that's uh, that's exploitation, and uh, and we have to be really careful not to use uh, this biblical teaching for um, for those kind of selfish reasons. And um, and yeah, so you know, another part of the picture, people often I don't think uh, well understand that you know Eden is a specific location. I mean, it's it's a picture of a place that's a nice garden and everything. But the idea is that human beings were to go out and and turn the rest of creation into an Eden-like, um, uh, you know, habitat. 
So, um, but what happened is, of course, told, uh, you know, we're, we're informed in Genesis 3 that humans sin. They start looking out for themselves, and that's where that exploitation comes from. You know, it comes from sin, not from God's commission to us. Um, yeah, so right. I, and, I remember, and Trump, but, but yeah. Jumper, that that's where things get complicated, right? I, I yeah, mean, yeah, you, yeah, because yeah. it requires wisdom for any of us yeah. to decide what is, I mean, obviously killing any animal is selfish if you're hungry, right? It's still yeah, selfish right? right? because you're, <laughs> you're taking their life because you're hungry. But at the same time, God also said after the flood that that yeah. was okay to do. And so how do you, yeah, I mean, so ever since then, it's just been this kind of like you, uh, fail, succeed, yeah. fail, succeed. How do you judge? Yeah. Well, um, and your word is exactly right. Wisdom. Uh, we have to think uh, ahead. We have to think uh you know, like in terms of killing the buffaloes uh, that ended up in the fact that it made them extinct. Uh, we need to, um, you know, be humane in our treatment of animals, even those that we end up eating. But you're exactly right. Uh, it takes wisdom. Uh, my problem lately is that I don't think Christians are exercising <laughs> a lot of proper wisdom when it comes for instance, to the controversial issue of climate change, for instance, um, you know, or global warming, uh, warming. It's 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 not as it's kind of like a knee jerk reaction against the idea because we're afraid we're going to lose jobs, et cetera, uh, or we're afraid we're not going to have some of our creature comforts. But uh, as I do talk about it in my book, The Bible and the Ballot, uh, when you have, you know, 99% of scientists who work in this area saying that there is a problem with human-induced uh, climate change, we can't ignore that. And so, uh, you know, and unfortunately, some people just gravitate to that one scientist who's kind of the outlier. Uh, and uh, in order to justify saying not every scientist believes this well 99 right. out of 100 or even more do and we need Appreciate. to take this seriously <laughs> and and that's that that by the way that is true in other areas of uh science as well maybe we could talk about that sometime <laughs> very good yes Tremper Longman is with us. Tremper's a distinguished scholar and professor emeritus of biblical studies at Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California. Okay, so what about um, being regents on the earth um, and caring for humans? What does that look like? Uh, yeah. Oh, well, uh, for one thing, I think uh, we should recognize that everybody's created in the image of God. Uh, and so and everybody is... Uh, uh, regent. Everybody is reflecting God's glory. And that has a lot to say how we interact with people. I have this great quote from John Calvin, by the way, which I don't have in front of me now, where he says, even the most despicable person out there is created in the image of God and deserves to be treated with respect and dignity. Mm. Um, and even that doesn't mean we, you know, just ignore their, their despicableness. Uh, but uh, it should definitely temper how we interact with people. And again, I, I personally have been disappointed, say, with some 
uh, with a lot of the rhetoric concerning, say, immigrants coming into, uh, uh, you know, wanting to come into our country. Uh, these are people created in the image of God, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> you know, uh, we shouldn't be stereotyping them. We shouldn't be demonizing them. There are uh, bad actors out there. We need border security. Uh, but our heart should be uh, reach out to them to want to help them, uh, those that who, are, who aren't bad actors who want to come into our country. And so at least a lot of the rhetoric out there seems to go counter to what I think is uh, the biblical attitude toward um, immigrants, including yes. undocumented immigrants. And so you bring up Amagio Day, right? I mean, we are created in the yeah. image of God. Uh, it makes a difference if we think that, if we have that tattooed on our heart, that all of us are created in the image of God in how we choose to see and treat and care for each other. Yeah, and that's true. And that's true, too, by the way, people have different political opinions than we do. Um, and it's, um, you know, we can have we can have, you know, pretty robust disagreements about uh, about the politics of the United States. But as we move into the next month, uh, if you're a Biden supporter, realize that Trump supporter is created in the image of God. And if you're a Trump supporter, that Biden supporter isn't the spawn of the devil, but is created in the image of God. And, you know, try to have a civil discussion with each other, I would say. Um, so, um, so yeah, so um, I think that, um, that we're in, uh, you know, as everybody realizes, we're in a period of, of, great partisanship politically, theologically, <laughs> over many issues. And right. Christians yeah, can... ought to be the ones to be the salt and light. Yes, I agree. And you Amen. can find yourself in a fight over politics just as easily as you can find yourself in a fight over baptism or, you know, which Presbyterian yeah, yeah. arm is the best or why Anabaptists are screwed up or why, you know, you should yeah, go to right. an independent church. I mean, you name it, people can fight over it all. Thank you, Tremper. That's Dr. Yep. Tremper Longman. We don't fight with him. Distinguished scholar and professor emeritus <laughs> of biblical studies at Westmont College in Santa Barbara. His new book, The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture in Political Decisions. Thank you, Tremper. Thank you, Stay Kathy. with us next. Our pleasure. Is air a scam? That's next. Everybody, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse. Isn't this a fabulous time of year, especially on our dairy farm in Washington County, PA? The pumpkins are turning, the corn is waving in the wind, and the hog quarters are on the pit every Sunday through the end of October. That's right. It's time for our annual 4-H hog roast. Mom bought a bunch of 4-H hogs that we will be roasting over the open pit outside all morning long. Alongside that tender, tasty, charred pork, we'll be serving pork and kraut, barbecued pork, hand-peeled mashed potatoes with pork drippings gravy, sage stuffing, baked beans, homemade applesauce, and all kinds of family recipe fall veggies and casseroles. We'll even have live music by local musicians. To keep the crowd spread out and everybody healthy this year, we have two jumbo tents set up outside too, and the pumpkin patch hay rides will run 11 to 5 all weekend. Good old-fashioned fall fun and feasting on the farm. Come join us, springhousemarket.com. If you're like me, there's been days this year where you felt pretty discouraged. I'm not normally a Davy Downer, but at times it's felt like tough, sad, or scary stuff everywhere I turn. 
And as we near this election, no matter your point of view, more heavy days are probably ahead. But then yesterday I heard a different kind of story about my niece, who spent the entire summer babysitting and saving her money, only to then say out of the blue, Mom, I want to donate my summer savings. She had learned about an organization that delivered toys and Bibles to less fortunate kids. And I heard a story about a little local cafe whose business was not doing well, but decided anyways to deliver dozens of free lunches to nearby seniors struggling with isolation. At our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we challenged ourselves this week to open our eyes to those who inspire us and to try to do some inspiring ourselves. Maybe joining with us might also encourage you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Spending more time inside? J&D Waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends, and pets from mold, dampness, and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, J&D has been making Pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe System. Eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy-causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40-watt light bulb. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY or visit jdwaterproofing.com. The Original Mattress Factory is always looking for good people to join our team. If you're interested in a sales, manufacturing, or delivery position, we offer competitive pay and exceptional benefits packages. Integrity and strong work ethic are essential because at OMF, we strive for excellence in all that we do. To learn more about our company and our unique business model, visit us at originalmattress.com. You can stop by any of our locations or visit the employment section on OriginalMattress.com to complete an application. The question of the day here on the ride home, is air a scam? Now, with the recent spate of wildfires in the West, we've read uh, numerous articles about poor air quality. And, of course, living here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we are no strangers ourselves continually to poor air quality, are we not? Mm-hmm. So when you think about uh, all the different products they sell, right, uh, air purifiers, essential oils, the advice for house plants, all the those little, things. The little weird thing inside your car that hangs from the yeah. mirror. Yeah. All those products to improve air quality. Yeah. Is that a scam or not? Kath, uh, should you buy an air purifier for your house? Well, I've thought about it, especially since the COVID era has hit, but mm-hmm. I don't have any air thing. I don't have one of those. Mike, what do you call those things that you put your essential oil, your diffuser, right? I don't have any of that. I don't right. have any candles because I don't feel like that's probably good to breathe all that in. Okay. I, well, I mean, I have to, candles, but they're unscented. You know what I mean? So I don't have any of that air stuff. Well, don't get too high and mighty with those candles. Cause apparently those are not good for you either. Well, that's what I think. Right. So right. no candles are good for you. Well, okay. Let me go back to the air purifier. Should you buy an air purifier? Probably. Oh. Right. There's a long history of studies that look at air filtration. And the good news is that the technology works to drastically improve indoor air quality. Um, you know, the average age of a person's lifespan is 79. You're going to spend 69 of those years indoors. So you might want to have good air quality, right? Okay. So an air purifier, probably not a bad deal. Um, what about uh, boiling herbs? I've never oh, even like heard that. of this. Oh, yeah. I like boiling herbs. Can boiling herbs improve air quality? No. <sighs> the idea is that increasing the humidity uh, humidity of a room with poor air quality will encourage particles to drop out of the sky and fall down like rain, but that's not how physics work. Mm. So forget about that. But what it smells you, good. Go ahead. 
What if you fill your house with plants? Will that clean my air? Yeah, because of course they're doing photosynthesis. Not on any meaningful scale. Will candles or essential oils help? No, and they actually do the opposite. So-called clean-burning candles emit more compounds into the air. So, it's all a scam. I think Unless you want to buy an air purifier. It's all a scam. Yeah. Well, well, this is a hopeless segment. Well, I'm not trying to give you. No, I don't want you to spend money, you know, uselessly at Yankee Candle for some clean purifying. Candles. Oh, all of a sudden, you're like Wayne Van Dyne. <laughs> You got a problem? Give Wayne a call and forget those clean candles. That's all I'm saying. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Tonight's vice presidential debate in Salt Lake City. Each candidate will have a clear petition on the side of their desk that faces each other and they will be spaced more than 12 feet apart. No partition between the candidates and the moderator. The former Minneapolis officer charged with murder and the death of George Floyd has posted bond and been released from prison. According to court documents, Derek Chauvin posted a $1 million bond. He had been in custody at the state correctional facility in Oak Park Heights. Chauvin and three other former officers are scheduled to stand trial in March. Those three officers all previously posted bond. And a hurricane watch for Hurricane Delta issued for the northern Gulf Coast from High Island, Texas, eastward to Grand Isle, Louisiana. Stocks closing higher today. The Dow was up 530 points. The Nasdaq up 210. This is SRN News. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323, 800-494-2323, or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ. And our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over a 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. This is Jerry Boyer. 
This radio station has been telling you for months that November's election could vastly change our country's future. If you believe in liberty, supported by a strong economy, and religious freedom, your values are on the line. Please register and prepare to vote at your polling place or by absentee. This election is huge. We are at a crossroads. We all should vote. And keep listening to this station for what this election means. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by federal law. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and we are required to do so. Regardless of your position on these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. It'll be breezy this evening, otherwise clear skies tonight, low 45. Mostly sunny tomorrow, we'll see a high tomorrow of 64. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 43. Sunny to partly cloudy skies Friday, we'll see a high Friday of 72. Friday night, partly cloudy, low 57. Saturday will be warm with times of clouds and sunshine. We'll reach a high Saturday of 74. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. An absolutely perfect Wednesday afternoon here in the city of Pittsburgh. Kath, um, pandemic, seven months in or so. Uh, Have you at any particular time in this arc of misery, have you had an emotional low point? Perhaps I would dare say a violent outburst, a Uh meltdown of some sort? Oh, yes. Oh, you was quick to respond to that. Well, I'm quick to respond to it. I can't believe you're asking me that question because I actually had it with my microphone open, if you remember. Oh, that wasn't that bad. It was not good. Are you kidding me? It was uncharacteristic of you. I'll say that. There we go. Okay, well, that's what a meltdown is. It's uncharacteristic of you. Oh, well, I mean, if that's the worst you got, that's pretty darn good because you should be around a couple of months. I was laying on my stomach trying to plug in all of the various things that are needed to make this happen from my spare room yeah while i was yelling there might have been some adult words that were thrown in there at it was the off same air. time right. and i was weeping right and your husband was somewhere in the vicinity he I was standing that. there trying to comfort me right and, and no- to say no 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 it's okay we'll work this out i'm sure it'll be fine we'll figure out a way we'll you know right mike and i were privy to that and uh, we sort of shot each other a sideway glance uh, in the truest sense of the word it really was radio drama <laughs> It, it really was. was. It was actual mm-hmm. radio it drama. It was radio drama. Yeah. I mean, I felt bad for you, but I mean, really, seriously, that is not that bad. So anyway, I'm I'm reading an article in uh, today's Wall Street Journal. Mike's laughing because he's like, yeah, it was that bad. Well, again, just uncharacteristic. Mike, right? it was bad, right? Yeah. On a sliding scale. Now, look, so there's a they're telling <laughs> people stories of their meltdowns. There's a guy, his name is Preston Woodruff who is holding it together, they say, for many years, you know, many months in his workshop, you know, doing some woodworking and whatnot. Anyway, at one point during the pandemic, his laptop was failing to reboot properly. And it was on the fritz, and he had been suffering for this a long time. And it was in the evening. This guy went outside 
with a hammer. He beat on his laptop and then he started a fire in his fire pit and set it on fire. Set his laptop on fire? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much a meltdown, I would say. Mike, I didn't do that. No. No. That's a meltdown. I thought it was going there, though. (laughs) I thought you were going to make a fire in your own house. It might have happened if Eric wouldn't have been here. Yeah. I mean, he tells another story about a guy who was uh, uh, out in his truck and he was working on the truck. He had some problems with it. He opened and closed the passenger side door in a violent rage. He said about 30 times, smashing the door as he closed it. I mean, that's, you know, that's a meltdown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another story they tell us. See, this is, might be the difference between the sexes. A woman interviewed for the article. She felt bad because she got a, a box of Kleenex and she balled it up and threw it at the wall. I mean, that's not that. That's bad. what she feels badly about. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's lame. Okay, I had a pandemic meltdown, which oh. which included because I was wearing that crazy uh, sling for many many weeks. So about the fourth weekend, I was, I just, I kind of went nutsoidal and my wife was there to witness it. And no, 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 no. Back it up. What do you mean? What exactly happened? Okay. Well, so with this sling, you know, that I had to wear 24 seven after your shoulder replacement surgery for joining us. So when I got into bed, I kind of like had to like get in the in the bed on my knees and then kind of like twist myself around quickly and then throw myself down in the pillow and then kind of like snuggle up and get next to another pillow the whole thing. And I was like, at the same time while you're doing that, you're also strangling yourself because the sling oh. thing goes around your neck. And I just, I erupted. I was like, Allah, Allah, Allah. and it went on for a few minutes. Of yelling, pretty much. Did Just you use me, adult? Did you use we, adult words? A lot. Just me being a big baby. Mm-hmm. Just yelling and screaming, being a big baby. And did quite honestly, when it was all over, I didn't feel good about myself. I felt like a big baby. So it didn't really help anything. So is that the moral of your story here? Yeah. If you have a pandemic meltdown, then you're not going to feel better after. At least for me, I doesn't. I, I never feel better about myself when I, uh, you know, lash out in anger. I go, oh, well, gee, that was justified. That was good. I'm glad I did that. No, it really, you know, talk about air purifying. It muddies the whole room and makes everybody feel bad. Most of all yourself. Well, probably your wife too and your kids (laughs) and the dog and maybe the bird for all I know. And all creation is supposed to have (laughs) dominion over. Yeah, not good. Uh -uh. Mike, have you had yourself a meltdown? I can't recall any. Oh, see, look how he's like Mr. Even Keel. No, Mike's fine. I can't, honestly, I can't recall any. You yeah, know, but you know what I do when I get upset? I huh. I go downstairs, I grab the axe, I go uh-huh. outside. That's not good. And I chop that is not good. terrible. What are I you talking wood. about? I, chop I don't wood. want this segment replayed in court some <laughs> some way, ways down the line. Wood. He goes out, you go out and chop wood? You know it's what I do when I way to get out of aggression. I'm oh, telling you. Wow. And it's a good it's a good workout. Wait, just what Great he just workout. said. You know what I do when I get upset? I go downstairs and I grab the axe. That alone is an indictment. You do not want to say that, Mike. That's like the apex of a lot Holy of like smokes. murder mysteries. That's when you finally yeah. figure Listen, out. Listen, I who really did want it. to try out this wood burning stove. So you know, it's, okay. it gives me more incentive to go out and. You get be some careful work with done. that wood burning stove. Okay, okay. I'm going to try. Yeah. All right, listen, I need to make a mea culpa. Oh, what? 
early in the four o'clock hour, we were talking to Dr. Christine Jeske from Wheaton College, yeah. and uh, we were talking about unemployment and laziness, and are they linked or are they totally separate, and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And she brought up the verse, um, "He who does not work does not eat." Yeah. And I said, "Yeah, well, you know, we all know that verse from Proverbs." Uh oh. Well, guess what? Mm-mm. I was called out by my sister. Uh oh. Why? That is not in Proverbs. Oh, where no. is it? It's not even in the Old Testament, John. Oh, is it like... I didn't have the wrong book. I had the whole wrong testament. Mm. Did you make it up? No, I didn't make it up. However, it was from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, which is a far cry from Solomon's book of Proverbs. Um, I would like to put it in context for you, John, so that perhaps you. you might remember and I might and not make the same mistake again. This is what Paul says. He says... um, We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked day and night, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord to settle down and earn the bread they eat. That's why you need a big sister That's why to you need correct a sister. your biblical errors. You need right? to straighten your crooked path. Right. What's the, uh, you know, <laughs> what's, the, what's the chicken? Is it, that's not chicken little, where the, the mom and the chicken go out and they plant the seeds. You know, <laughs> the book of chicken little. Is you this know? on Netflix now? No, 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 no. This is, you know, and then they plant the food and they go, who will help us plant the food? And now the bird goes, not me. Now the bird goes, not me. And then they, you know, they water the seeds, they harvest the seeds. Then it comes time to make the bread. And the mother goes, who will help us eat the bread? And all the birds go, oh, I will, I will. And she goes, no, no, my friend, you cannot because you weren't there. Well, Look it up. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't? No, but I will tell you that's not Chicken Little because Chicken Little was the sky Sky's falling. falling. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's why I ask. Is it, yeah. Anyway, the book of Chicken Little. <laughs> that's what you get on the ride home. Take a break. Come back. Dean Weaver's going to join us in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. We are going to talk about uh, <laughs> revival. Please. Man, we sure could use some revival. God shakes us up. That's next here on the ride home. WORD. Success in a local church isn't measured by building size or attendance. The Bible teaches that healthy churches are cultivated as pastors and teachers remain completely focused on their God-given roles. Listen this week as we hear clear, wise counsel for leaders in church ministry on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. My name is Bernadette, and I am a parishioner at St. Joseph's on the Brandywine. Joe Biden has been part of our parish for more than 40 years. Our sons became friends when they were in first grade, and ever since, I've known Joe and the entire Biden family. Even now, when Joe's back home, we see him at Mass on Sunday. You can tell how important Joe's faith is to him. It's what motivates everything. Joe's beliefs, his values, the kind of president Joe would be. Joe Biden knows what it means to be your brother's keeper. 
to care for those around you and lift up those who are suffering. Their values Joe learned from his mom and dad and from the nuns who taught Joe his Catholic faith. That's Joe Biden, a man guided by faith. I'm Joe Biden, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Biden for president. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. God's word is power, and we need to be in his word every day gaining wisdom. God is very patient, but because of our immoral society, we are drowning in debt have poor public education, and corruption all around us. Our founders would be horrified at what the democratic agenda has become. With the right and left fighting each other, they get none of the work done. Please go to ProfitToAmerica.com. We're going to lose America. You can't remain silent. That's ProfitToAmerica.com. Reverend Dean Weaver is with us, Senior Pastor Memorial Park Evangelical Presbyterian Church. Dean, welcome back. How are you today? I'm great, my friend. How are you? Good. Very good. Thank you. Thanks for coming along. Dean, in our previous segment, we were talking about uh, the pandemic meltdown. And my question for you is, did you have one? I have no idea what you're talking about. What? There's a pandemic out there? Really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is the meltdown he's having currently. Right. I think I'm in the in the midst of a meltdown, so I can't really speak to the nature of my own meltdown. Really? Triage. Okay. All right. So things are that bad at the Weaver household that right now you're in the midst of it. You don't want to know. You don't want to mm. know. I, you know, I, I have, I, there was a moment, honestly, there was a moment, um, gosh, I'm going to go back and think this was, oh, I know exactly when it was. It was, it was Cinco de Mayo. It was May 5th. Um, I had a moment where I just started having spiraling thoughts and the walls were closing in on me and we were complete lockdown and quarantine at that point. And I, I, I thought I couldn't stop my negative thoughts from just circling and circling. And, uh, I, uh, I just had to get out and, uh, and I called some friends from the church and we actually met on the patio outside of our church, social distance and all the good safe stuff but I just had to see human beings. And uh, even as an introvert, uh, I realized I was, I was just too isolated and, and, and cut off from people that were feeding me life. And, and I just, I was something not good was happening to me. So that was probably my moment where I, I realized, okay, I've got to pay closer attention to my own emotional and spiritual health during this thing. Um, it's not just going to happen naturally. I've got to be intentional about it. Excellent. That's very wise. 
Okay, so we we want to go beyond the the meltdown because we were talking about that. But today, <laughs> you've joined us to talk to us about something which I think is is really interesting and very necessary. We hear it a lot. You want to talk about revival, Dean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're kind of related, aren't they, John? I mean, yeah, they are. You know, one of the one of the ways in which we not only just endure through a time like this, but but actually have the opportunity to flourish, is by having hope. And we're not talking about empty hope that is just kind of a, a wisp of a wish. We're talking about something that is grounded biblical hope, and what the you know the Bible tells us that that God has for us, particularly in seasons like this. And and I think ironically, um, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about those verses uh, in Matthew 16 where Jesus talks to the Pharisees and the Sadducees who badger him again for a sign. Uh, of heaven. Of course, he had just fed 4,000 people, and he just like healed the uh, Canaanite uh, woman's daughter. And you're kind of like, really? <laughs> you're, you you want to see another sign? And Jesus is pretty harsh with them, and he says, look, you look up into the sky, and you, you two, uh, Kathy's really young, but John, you and I are old enough to know Thank this you. phrase, right? Um, you and I know uh, right at night, what? Red at night, sailor's delight. Okay, very good. Kathy read that online. Red in the morning, sailors take Take warning, warning, right? Mm -hmm. And that's in essence what Jesus said to them. He said, he said, you guys can go out and look at the sky and see at night that, you know, it's going to be a nice day tomorrow or go out in the morning with the sky and see it's going to be stormy. You can, you're aware of the weather, but you're not aware of the signs of the times. Uh, and there, of course, these are the Pharisees and the Sadducees who have been studying about the one true God and the Old Testament all of their life, and everything they had studied and prepared for is standing right in front of them, and they miss it. And I, I really think there's a sense to which if we were to discern the times in which we live, we can continue to focus on all of the things that are just kind of uh, travailing on us, or we could see—and and those things are true. I don't mean to diminish those things. But also, wheat and tares growing together at the same time— is it possible that God is sowing the seeds of revival at the same time? So the wheat and the tares are both growing together. And I think that's really happening at this time. Hmm. All right. So the wheat and tares growing together. Um, I don't, I don't want you to give me names <laughs> of who's who, but what, tell me what that looks like. Well, I mean, you know, the, in this in this analogy, that the tears would be some of the, the the horrible things that are happening right now, right? The pandemic things that are happening right now, and the consequences from that, that derive from that. But at the same time, the church is being forced to be adaptive and creative in ways that we've never had to before. We've realized now for seven months that the church is not a building, right? And we've we've been forced into thinking about the church differently, uh, less institutionally, more organically. And actually, you know, we've been forced to think about how the network, that is to say, that which carries so much bad in this world on the internet, can actually be for good. Because, right, the Roman road system carried both the Roman army, bad, but they also carried the gospel and the Apostle Paul, good. And the same thing is true today. The network that links us all together actually globally we realize in the global pandemic that it is a global pandemic. It is, it is not just local. It is, it is all across the globe. And we feel more connected to people around the globe than we ever have before for a bad reason. But we can also be more connected to people around the world for a very good reason. And that is to say, on this network, there is a possibility 
of accessing, uh, connecting into uh, what uh, Mark Sayers calls the holy space, this space where God is depositing seeds of revival in people. And I, I think that is the wheat. The wheat is in the midst of the Roman Empire, in the midst of the, the oppression, in the midst of the tragedy, in the midst of all that's going on, um, of, the, of these weeds just growing up and seemingly choking out anything that's good. God is actually growing up this, this wheat uh, that, is, that is starting to come to a harvest if we would have eyes of faith to see it. Dean, I'm all for that. So if a revival was to happen, is it, as you're describing, through seeds, or will there be a giant spark that will ignite, or can there be both? Well, there are some people, John, suggesting the spark has already happened. Um, And what's interesting is that the, the traditional spaces where revival has broken out before like New England or, you know, Wales or, or, you know, kind of geographically bound traditional spaces, there's a sense to which that revival now may be happening um, all across the world at the same time in different locations. Um, and we're hearing stories of people in one part of the world where God is, is depositing something in someone's um, being, their spirit, convicting them of sin, for example, and someone on the other side of the world is having this same conviction of something, and they're connecting with each other globally through the, this network and finding each other and going, I thought I was crazy, but I could swear that God was calling me to you know, give up chocolate or something like that. And someone else from across the world going, oh my gosh, I had the same thing happen to me. And a whole bunch of people all starting to network and connect saying, yeah, God has been moving in me to do that too. And here's the the verse that's kind of connecting all of those things together. And, you know, this is what has to happen before revival can occur. The the kind of um, salient verse that people are coming back to is Psalm 24. And the, the particular text is, who can ascend the hill of the Lord, but he who has a clean hands and a pure heart. And that seed of revival that seems to be happening in this weird way all over the planet, connecting people on this network, is is confession. Like people are being convicted of sin and confessing and praying because he can descend the hill, but those who have clean hands and a pure heart. So God is mm-hmm. calling people to face these things right now, and it's happening. And ironically, in the isolation of a global pandemic— one of the interesting upsides is we have all had more space and time to reflect, to pray, and to be still and know that he is God. It's been an uncomfortable stillness. It's been an unsettling stillness. But yet I, I would suggest that for those people who have made themselves available, have entered into that holy space through prayer, the Holy Spirit is working in common ways all around this globe uh, in ways of, of helping people uh, have clean hands and a pure heart, because only God can do that. He can, only He can clean us up. But when that happens, then what, what happens? You, you ascend the hill of the Lord, which is His holy presence, and that's where, in the presence of God, revival occurs. Reverend Dr. Dean Weaver is with us, senior pastor at Memorial Park Evangelical Presbyterian Church in the Allison Park section of the area. Dean, if people are listening and they're thinking, I don't even know what he's talking about, that's wacky. Um, <laughs> uh, that wouldn't like, be the first time, Kathy, and it, it certainly won't be the last. So I, I, it right. neither surprises me or, or uh, discourages me. 
Okay. So if someone's saying that, what do you, you know, talk about what revival is and why you believe it's an actual thing. Well, you know, I think, first of all, we may have to think about revival a little differently than the way we've thought about it historically, right? This, this wave that kind of came over New England in the, in the Great Awakening or the, the Welsh revival or any of the other historic revivals, we may have to think of this more as kind of um, a revival in Kathy and a revival in John and a revival in Dean. Okay. So we we probably need to be thinking of it a little differently. But where the where the flame catches on is when Kathy and John and Dean get together and say, Did you, the Spirit of God is working in me this way?" And I go, "Oh my gosh, it's working in me this way too." Like let's let's and, and gosh, we get on the radio and other people um, start talking about it and other people start chiming in and other people start and then it really starts to spread. Mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, literally, Kathy um, Beth was my wife. Beth was uh, in the car driving to Buffalo, New York, to see a friend of hers. This is back you know, last fall, sometime. Okay. And she was listening to this podcast by Mark Sayers at Red Church down in Melbourne, Australia, and and he was talking about how the Spirit of God was moving people, and there were people literally uh, pulling over their cars, listening to his podcast on the side of the road as the spirit of God deposited something in them. And at the moment she hears that she starts crying. She starts, she starts weeping and she pulls over the car at the side of the road and the spirit of God deposits in her. I, that I'm supposed to be um, the next stated clerk of the evangelical Presbyterian church. Like I'm going to have to leave Memorial park and go and do this. And she was just, dumbfounded and surprised by this. And she calls me in tears and says, I think you're supposed to apply for this job because I think God wants you to do this. And I, really? just, and, and I just looked at her and went, okay. <laughs> if, if, I mean, if that's, if that's what the Lord has told you, I mean, that's only happened maybe three times in our marriage. So when it happens and she does it, I pay attention. Okay, and, really? okay, so that's interesting. So there was, a, there was enough of a track record that you felt like, okay, this could be real. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, think back, Kathy, about, you know, a time in your life when the Lord has broken through all of the mundane and and gotten a hold of you and really got your attention, and you knew it was Him, and you were clear what you were supposed to do. You've had enough of those in your life that the next time that happens, it it builds confidence in you. Yeah, you you recognize it. I mean, they're episodic, right? They don't happen to us. I mean, we all wish that it would happen all the time, right. I think. But sure. Honestly, I don't think we could stand it if it did. Um, mm-hmm. So but so they're episodic. But when they happen, the key is, and that's the whole Matthew 16 thing with Jesus and, and when the Pharisees, Sadducees are coming, you've got to be able to discern when it happens that it's happened. And and that's p- watching and waiting for the Spirit of God to work. And But the thing is, if you don't desire that, if that's if you're not hungry for that, if you're not looking for that, it doesn't mean that God isn't all the time trying to get your attention and wanting to do those things, but we're going on with our, our, our busy little lives without ever having eyes of faith to see that God is right there trying to get our attention all the time. And I think more and more people, during, ironically, during this global pandemic, have given some time to God so that he has gotten a hold of them and started to do this work uh, in us, and that revival is happening one person at a time, and that's how it's spreading. Right. Okay. So then, Dean, go back. So then, you're saying that the revival starts with first listening, and then acting with confession. 
I think so, John. I, I mean, I'm not going to be prescriptive and say, you know, oh, okay. you know, take step one, then step two, sure, step sure. three, and check the boxes and kind of a works righteousness sort of approach to manipulating God's presence. I, uh, I think, but I think that's true. I think you, you have to be still to know that he is God, right? I think you have to be present and say, God, your will, nothing more, nothing less, whatever you want from me, I'm available. Use me as you wish. Here I am, Lord, send me. When you put yourself in that kind of posture of just God, do with me what you want, he's going to honor that in his way, in his time. It may surprise you what he chooses to do, but he will honor that. And I think now you're in a place where as soon as he's got your attention and starts working, you're in the presence of a holy God, right? Yes, right. And when you're in the presence of a holy yes. God, what's the first thing that usually comes out of our minds? You know, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live me, among right. a people of unclean lips. You know, you start confessing your sin, and now he who has the clean hands and a pure heart can ascend the hill of Zion and be in God's holy presence, and it's in his holy presence is where revival happens. And when that revival happens in you and me, um, we're kind of like Peter and John before the Sanhedrin. I can't help but speak about what I've seen and heard. And we, 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 we tell other people, I've been in the presence of God, and this is what he's done. And then you'll find that the Spirit of God, who's kind of ahead of us in these things, is connecting us with other people who are having the same experience, and we realize the revival is going to break out in Melbourne and in London and in Pittsburgh and in, you know, um, in the Emmons family and the Hall family and the Weaver family and Belfield Church and in Northway and in, in Memorial Park and in South Hills Bible Chapel. I mean, it's going to, it's going to, there's going to be just fires that break up in all these different places. And the beauty of the day in which we live is the network can actually connect all of those things. So that rather than it being a local geographical thing, it becomes a global thing. The Reverend Dr. Dean Weaver. Dean, we're up against it. we got to go. Thank you so much for your time today. Dean Weaver is at Memorial Park Evangelical Presbyterian Church. All the information, you can find it online. Dean, talk to you soon. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Love you, Dean. Thank you. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. This is not time for spiritual awakening. I need to be the man that God made me to be. From the creators of God's Not Dead, the new movie, One Nation Under God. We can do anything with faith. We can accomplish anything with faith. Winner of 35 Film Festival, starring Kevin Sorbo and Antonio Sabato Jr. One Nation Under God. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase and use promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. Help at Home, formerly XL Home. Home Care is proud to offer benefits to heroes of home care, including hero pay and hero sign-on bonuses. Any caregiver who joins the Help at Home team is eligible for a hero pay $500 sign-on bonus, plus ongoing bonus pay. They know it's been a difficult time. Help at Home wants to make sure you get the hero pay you deserve. Give them a call today and find out more, or go to helpathomepa.com. That's helpathomepa.com. She's kind of a big deal. Some people like to say it's only because of how she looks. She sticks her tongue out a lot. But there's just something about her that makes people do crazy things, like get tattoos of her face or wait in line for hours just to say hi. Lil Bub is a two-year-old cat, an Instagram celebrity with a following bigger than some 90s television stars. And it all started because she was adopted. You can't buy a best friend like Lil Bub, but you can adopt one. Help us save them all at bestfriends.org. All throughout the summer, there was a lot of conversation how colleges nationally were going to engage with the fall semester. So here we see it. Of course, a lot of colleges have just thrown up their hands. They've said, no, Moss, we choose not to meet in person. We're going to do only video teaching. 
So your child goes to college, sits in their dorm room, and does video classes online, and meets virtually no one, and is part of no community. Well, we're happy to report that Grove City College made the pledge to meet in person in the classroom, the teachers and the students together. And to be honest, things are working out right now pretty good. They're more than halfway through this semester, and they are consistently strong, and the community is really engaged. So we say yes to Grove City College. You know, we all recognize that anything could change with COVID at any time, right? But as of right now, we're feeling really hopeful that they're actually going to be able to finish the semester. As you said, John, more than halfway done. Look, There are a ton of colleges that you can pick from, but the one that's close to our hearts is Grove City College. They've been consistent from the very beginning with the protocols they've instituted. The students have really tried to follow through. And look, nothing's perfect. And like I said, anything can change. But for now, we're really happy with what's going on at Grove City. Check it out online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app iHeart tune in and at radio.com It'll be breezy this evening, otherwise clear skies tonight, low 45. Mostly sunny tomorrow, we'll see a high tomorrow of 64. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 43. Sunny to partly cloudy skies Friday, we'll see a high Friday of 72. Friday night, partly cloudy, low 57. Saturday will be warm with times of clouds and sunshine. We'll reach a high Saturday of 74. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. We live in a very complex world. Mm. And you look around sometimes and you think, you know what? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm. So I ask you today in this new segment, sense or no sense? Mm -hmm. I'm ready. All right. What is sense? (laughs) What is nonsense? What do you have to share? That's your question? Yes. Well, I don't know how to answer that, John. I mean, I think there's a lot of nonsense going on. There is a lot of nonsense in this world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am startled by the lack of specificity with your question. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, when you see things in this world, Mm -hmm. do you look at them and go, that makes sense or that doesn't make sense? Well, it depends on the thing, obviously. All right. Well, give me an example. Okay. I'd like to ask you this. Yeah. The Goodyear blimp. Sense or no sense? Does that make sense? Are you asking me? Yeah. I'd say 100% it makes sense. Heck yeah, it does. Yeah. We need more Goodyear blimps. We don't need more. We need more, especially in this day. They're hovering over stadiums that are empty. Well, if there were more and more efficient means to travel from city to city, yeah, you we'd all the, be traveling by the blimp. And it wouldn't be this. That was out. filled with gas. Whatever. The Goodyear blimp is not that way. Sense or no sense? You're saying you're saying the Goodyear blimp is no sense. No sense. Really? Mm. All right, I'm asking you. Mm. Sense or no sense? Mm. Materialism. Oh. <gasps> You reach a point in your life during this pandemic. I'm looking around this spare room I'm in. I have 21 things hanging on the wall. 21 images. 
And I think, John, that's a bit much. And I just made the transfer no. from summer clothes to winter clothes. No. I think that's too much. Too much stuff. Materialism, it's got to stop, right? I'm done with it. Materialism does not make sense to me anymore. Okay. Well, it's time to me, clear right? up. Oh, Aren't I'm you sorry. asking me? Sense or no sense, Kath? Materialism. Me? Are you preaching me a sermon or are you asking me a question? I'm asking you a question. Sense or no sense? Materialism. It's COVID. I think it makes sense. More stuff doesn't make you happy, Kath. You know that as well as I do. Listen, don't argue with me. I'm just saying. All right. Well, I say the Goodyear blimp makes sense. You say materialism makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Sense or no sense. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New new music. Graves into Gardens. New music from Elevation Worship. Love Like Thunder by Rick. And Never Have I Ever by Hillsong Young and Free. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers and Dennis Spira and Associates. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. What kind of burdens did you have to carry when you were a kid? Were you ever hungry? Ever cold? Ever afraid of being abused by the ones you love? Or being abandoned or left alone? How much can you bear when you're just a child? Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6.2 Right now, there's a child or teen who is struggling with burdens too big for anyone to carry alone. But as a Christian foster parent, you can share those burdens, and more importantly, begin to lay them down at the foot of the cross. As a Christian foster parent, your example can make an eternal difference in the life of a child or teen. To learn how you can make a difference as a Christian foster parent, Call the Bear Foundation today. Call 412-341-6850. 412-341-6850. On the web at christianfostercare.org. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Our world needs hope like never before, but lives change for the better when hope breaks through. We always like to begin with the Word of God because it is the power unto salvation. 
Help Cornerstone Television Network light up our city with the truth and hope of the gospel. Alongside special guests Joan Hunter, Mike Smalley, Pat Schatzline, Keenan Bridges, and Real Talk Kim. Watch the Hope Breaks Through Partnership broadcast October 12th through 16th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. I was talking to my uh, 20-year-old about a job. We have this conversation a lot. Kathy, I'm sure you had this conversation with your kids as well, right? About your first job, your second mm-hmm. job, your third job, you know what that's yeah. like, and how do you approach that? How, how does it work or not? And so it's it sparked something Kathy and I had did years ago where we sat down individually one night, and we I sat down and wrote all the jobs that I ever received a paycheck for. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the criteria was it was a job and you got paid to do it. Now, you know, you might have done it for a month, but you still cashed a paycheck. Right. It counts as a job. Right. Yep. So I'm looking at my list and it's quite a flurry of jobs. It is quite a flurry. of right? jobs. Yes. Um, there's a number of jobs here. Um, how do you want to do this? I mean, do you want to talk? What was your... What was your worst job, I guess? Oh, my worst job. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's that's a little bit of a toss-up, John. Um, there's several vying for that title. I would say my worst job was when I was I when I was in college. I cleaned houses uh, to earn money, and mm-hmm. I cleaned a house in Point Breeze mm-hmm. that had seven bathrooms mm-hmm. and a big hairy dog. Mm-hmm. That's and I, I, I cleaned that house every Saturday morning and I hated it. That's a lot. Seven bathrooms. What do you yes. do with seven bathrooms? Who there lives were, there? There were three people in the, in the family. Oh my gosh. And did they use all seven bathrooms? Uh, I, all I know is I cleaned them every week. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, okay. That's a pretty bad job. That was pretty bad. But it was a temporary job. How long it did was. you do it? I did it for, I think I did it like September to April. Okay, not so bad. So it was the winter of your bathroom discontent. Yes, yeah, sure was. Yes, there was yes. a lot of discontent. Okay, so I'm looking at my jobs. One, two, three, four. Um, in my many years being alive, mm-hmm. I've had uh, 33 different jobs. Wow. That's more than me, although I didn't count mine. But mm-hmm. yes, that is a lot. 33 different jobs. My worst job, I would say by far, and I did this at various times in my life. It was always kind of like I, it, you know, if I was sort of out of work, I had always revert back to, God help me, being a waiter. Oh, okay. Oh my goodness gracious! I mean, so it could you, be. So you, so you hated that because you were you always wished you would, you would be doing something else, or you just hated the work. Well, I, no, more often than not, I just hated the customers. I mean, because people can be so petty and so demanding and demeaning mm-hmm. when you're trying to do, you know, an excellent job. Now, I was such, you know, you start out as a, as a, as a busboy. I started out as the first, you know, real job in a restaurant was a busboy at Polis. And so, you know, at Polis at the time, you're working with these women who have been waiters for 30, 40 years. They're not taking any gruff, right? So you learn from them. And then, you know, your first waiter job, you're kind of a bad, you're not kind of, you are a bad waiter. And it's a skill that sure. has to be learned. Sure. Right. Up until when I finally, you know, quit my last waiting job and I was probably in my late twenties, I was, you know, at a high level of proficiency. At least I thought I was, and it was, became much more enjoyable. 
but you know, just working like the regular, I feel bad for people or, you know, they're waiting tables and they're just slaves to people's poor attitudes and really just bombastic, just insanity. So that was the worst job I ever had. All right. Let's volley a little. Okay. I'll bring up a job I had. Uh, let's start early. Let, let's do chronological. Okay. okay. First job. First job. First job I loved. My first job I had for five years. Wow. I was a paper boy. And every day at 3.30, the Pittsburgh Press truck making its rounds showed up outside the front of our house through a bundle of 75 daily papers. I clipped those with wire clippers, either put those in a gigantic bag, no wonder I've got a bad shoulder, or a wagon. And I folded those papers up and walked up Hawthorne Street across Highland Avenue and down Manor Street and delivered those 75. On Sunday, I delivered 125 Whoa. Sunday papers. And how old were you? I first got the paper when I was 11. And I quit it up until, you know, I was a junior in high school, I think. I was 16. I started babysitting when I was 13 mm-hmm. for the people in the neighborhood, that sort of thing. Yeah. Good job. I don't think I was very good at that, John. I don't think I ever was very good at that. I graduated to being a candy striper at Suburban General Hospital. Mm. Now, that was that was a volunteer position. The no, candy that was, I had, there was a very small remuneration. Really? A stipend. Mm-hmm. Really? A stipend. Yeah, that might be a little generous for what it was. <laughs> right. But uh, I pushed around the, uh, the book and magazine cart. <laughs> How was that? Care for a book? Oh, mm-hmm. that's pretty low pressure, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yes. What about you? Uh, I also, while I was a paper boy, I was a door-to-door salesman. For selling? I sold seeds. See- oh, great. You like the, like the ones coming from China that are no, going to ruin the no, environment? it's like the American Seed Company. I sold door-to-door. It was to make a little extra. I thought, well, I'll double dip on my pa- newspaper customers. You know, so there I am. A collect? No, I'm not collecting. I'm here, you know, today offering an opportunity to buy seeds for the coming growth. I had like a little patter thing going right. on. There. He, he was offering them an opportunity. Mike. I was, mm-hmm. you know. So That's I sold good. door to door. Mm-hmm. Next All one. Right. Um, I sang in weddings. Oh, you're a wedding singer. I probably sang in. I probably did 150 weddings. Whoa. That's Maybe a I lot did more than that. I did. Really? It was, it was, it was my sole way of earning money for a long time. Was there a set fee or were you dependent upon the, the generosity of those? No, it was a set there? fee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was it enjoyable? Well, because of the people, sometimes not. Yeah. It was a lot like being a waiter, right? I mean, if you're, when you're doing <laughs> right. your friend's weddings, that's a different thing. Sure, right? sure. But when you're doing, when you're just a hired gun, I mean, right. the craziest things happen. Right. And so it's, it, you know, but it, I was grateful for it. The wedding singer. Okay. Yes. You next. Uh, I was a busboy, which I talked about at Pole Eyes. And then I parlayed that busboy experience into making pizzas for a living at a local pizza shop. I always wished I could do that. I kind of like that idea. Throwing a pizza? Mm-hmm. Well, I could show you how to do that. Well, mm-hmm. I, maybe maybe my shoulder now, not so great. Yeah, but I, early on, my brother came in and I made a pizza for him. He went home and ate it and got sick. Nice. So I was, was kind of on a learning curve there. He was like, what'd you do to me? Like, what'd you give me? Poison. Okay. I sold men's shirts and ties. Oh, oh, you did. Where and, did you do and this? wallets and uh, belts at men's furnishings at Kaufman's. Mm, really? Mm-hmm. I probably bought from you. You probably did. Were you downtown? Nope. I was oh, not downtown. I was at Ross okay. Park. That was my main store downtown. Okay. Ross Park. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was that enjoyable? I did it for years. A lot of okay. three, I don't know, five Holy years. Something like that. All right. I was a, a baseball instructor. I spent the summertime playing. 
Yeah. yeah, I spent the summertime with Les Getz at Memorial Field in Swissvale. And Les Getz was this fabulous guy, an old man who early in the morning, then you'd play baseball all morning long, take a break for lunch, come back in the afternoon. And with the little kids, the super little kids, he had a couple of guys that he paid and you played ball and taught them the basics of baseball. I loved it. It was a lot wow. of fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going. I was a funeral home attendant. I lived and worked in a funeral home for many years. I was a factory worker at the Union Switch and Signal, which was really difficult work. I was an appliance salesman at Kmart. I was a limo driver, which I absolutely loved. I was a political canvasser. I was an inventory taker at Kaufman's. I was a waiter. I was a bartender. I sold Time Life books as a telemarketer. I was a brewery pitchman for Iron City Beer. I was a janitor. I worked in a scene shop in a theater. I was a delivery man for a camera store, Smithfield Street Camera. I digged, I dug ditches for a local cemetery. I was an actor. I was a bicycle messenger. I've been voiceover talent, a shoe salesman, a salad maker, a talking Christmas tree, a doorman at Lord and Taylor's, a house painter. I sold post-production. I was Santa Claus. I was an ambulance driver. I was a public speaker. I was a TV talk show host. I was a radio talk show host. Wow. Okay. As I said before, I was a house cleaner. I was a nanny for five children. I was a runner at the University of Pittsburgh when I was a student, which meant that I ran before there was email. I was like running packages around all over UPMC, all over the campus. I was a secretary. I was an academic administrator. I used to proctor exams in the medical school. I sorted organs in the pathology department. Mm. At the University of Pittsburgh Medical School. I got married. I was a wife. I was a recruiter for the University of Pittsburgh. I was a party planner. Hmm. I sold carpeting. Nice. I also sold ceramic floors and hardwood. I sold and carried area rugs all over the city (laughs) of Pittsburgh. Oh, my gosh. I was an independent interior designer. I was a church music director. I was a wedding coordinator. I was a worship leader. I was a conference speaker. And I was a radio talk show host. Holy smokes. Okay, so if you've got kids, I mean, it's always good to write down your jobs because there's no clear path to where we're headed, really. I mean, I always appreciate people who kind of go, I knew I was going to do this, and I did it. Us, you and I, we zigzagged our way around any number of jobs. And it's been quite an adventure, hasn't it? It has been an adventure. Yes. All right, let us take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about, oh, for parents a new level of big picture anxiety. Oh, great. I'm nervous already. Our world needs hope like never before. But lives change for the better when hope breaks through. We always like to begin with the word of God because it is the power unto salvation. Help Cornerstone Television Network light up our city with the truth and hope of the gospel. Alongside special guests Joan Hunter, Mike Smalley, Pat Schatzline, Keenan Bridges, and Real Talk Kim. Watch the Hope Breaks Through Partnership broadcast October 12th through 16th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and of course windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. 
With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Help at Home, formerly Excel Home Care, is proud to offer benefits to heroes of home care, including Hero Pay and Hero Sign-On bonuses. Any caregiver who joins the Help at Home team is eligible for a Hero Pay $500 sign-on bonus plus ongoing bonus pay. We know it's been a difficult time. Help at Home wants to make sure you get the Hero Pay you deserve. Give us a call today to find out more or go to helpathomepa.com. That's helpathomepa.com. Visit Century 3 Chevy today and right away in a new Chevy Silverado as low as $189 per month. Find new roads at century3chevy.com. Century 3 Chevrolet, This is Jerry Boyer. This radio station has been telling you for months that November's election could vastly change our country's future. If you believe in liberty, supported by a strong economy, and religious freedom, your values are on the line. Please register and prepare to vote at your polling place, or by absentee. This election is huge. We are at a crossroads. We all should vote. And keep listening to this station for what this election means. Of course, everyone is handling the pandemic angst differently. But uh, for parents, I think, especially for parents of younger kids, there's a new level of big picture anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm reading this piece and uh, a mother's talking about, you know, lying in bed, what bubbles up at night, she says, after the kids are down, the bleary Netflix binge is complete. Beneath the mantle of acute apprehension burns a molten core of profound long-term worry. Wow. Looking on that core now is to behold an all new set of questions. What kind of society emerges from this mess a decade or three from now? What's all this doing to my kids? Am I handling things even close to right? When the questions at this level change, it's because the operating system of life as we know it itself has changed, and I have no answers, and I'm a mess. Mm. I think that's probably going through a lot of people's minds right now, don't you think? Yep, of course it is. I know. Yep. How about the things that come to you when you're in that state in the middle of the night <laughs> or as you're trying to go to sleep? Can you believe the irrational things that just oppress you? Do you have that? Yes, I do. I was going to say, please say yes. Yes. And I try not to give it too much right. weight. Exactly. Because they are sort of like, you know, vapor, right? Flashing right. through. But I believe it is the subconscious at its yes. absolute worst. Yes, I agree. Right. I agree. And, you know, Dean Weaver was on earlier and he was saying that one of the things he noticed about the pandemic early on is he would get into these, you know, downward thought spirals. That's exactly what that is, right? Right. It's just a downward thought spiral. That you think things are bad, but, you know, my thoughts will make things worse. Right. 
I mean, there's an opportunity for prayer right there. Amen. Right? I mean, if ever in the midst of all Jesus that molten us. core yep. despair, right? The panacea of that molten core despair, core despair is to speak to Christ immediately. Because yep. it sure is a hot mess out there. Sure is. Kath, I don't know. Mess. Not a hot mess in here today, though, John. It was a terrific show. Well, thank For you. people who missed any portion of the show, you can find us online at wordfm.com or on our website, johnandkathyshow.com. You can also connect with us in different social media platforms mm. as you see fit. And we'll be happy to be back here tomorrow. John, will you be back tomorrow? I hope to be, yes. Excellent. God willing. I'll be watching the debate tonight at Me 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I'll be on Twitter as well. I'll tweet. I will be I happily. I will. All right, yes. I'll do it. God bless America. God help us all. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.